0: You're listening to the She Lift Project podcast, a show dedicated to helping women achieve higher levels of success in the workplace. No matter where you are in your career, we want to help you grow. Now here's your host, Cynthia Kirkpatrick, a CPA, CFP, and Senior Financial Advisor at Mineta Group. Hello, and welcome to another
1: episode of the SheLift Project Podcast. I'm Cynthia Kirkpatrick, and I'm happy to have you with us. We're excited to have with us today Stephanie Jones, family law and divorce attorney. And we go way back, played softball as young kids, went to high school together, which actually we may fall in and out of character today because I know I knew you once when I was Cindy. Now there's Cynthia, uh, my married name, Kirkpatrick, so I'm sure we'll fall in and it's out of It's hard it. for me to call you Cynthia. <laughs> I sometimes it's hard uh, when I start typing it. But uh, so we do go way back. And I will say when I wanted to go out and start meeting a lot of professional successful career women and I came across you what you were doing. I was part proud to say, oh, my gosh, she started her own law firm. And we'll talk about that twice now. She started her own law firm. And I I knew her when, and then I got to say, well, wait a minute, let's reconnect, and I'm going to get to know her now, both personally and professionally. Um, So excited to have you on the podcast today, and we'll talk about uh, where you're at, what you're doing, how you got here, and all that stuff, but before we jump to that, I want to say that you were recently, and I think recently within the last month, accepted into the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers um so congrats on that it was.
0: thanks thanks that was exciting that was a career goal from day one so well uh, uh, we have a lot to talk about but since we're on that topic career goal what does that
1: represent what does that mean and why a career goal
0: That particular organization is different than any other recognition, at least in my field, because you can't, by advertising to get in, you have to take a rigorous test, two tests, I discovered the hard way. Um, And I mean, the application took hours, you have to get... Judges to send letters in, peers, people outside, inside the organ I mean, it took an enormous amount of time. And then you still don't know. You're just kind of waiting on a committee to vote of people who don't know you who aren't local. And then when you get in, you're part of this really amazing group of the top talent in your field. And then you get to call on them for advice, uh, for referrals, for, I mean, the, the networking and the people inside that organization are just like, I mean, to, to be a part of it is really just exciting for me. So
1: how hard is it, you know, on a scale of those who apply or don't apply or like for those who may be listening, how do they fully understand how important or hard this is
0: um I mean if you're going to apply I would tell you to you have to devote a lot of your time outs if you if you have time in your professional life to do that that's great I didn't so I had to do it on family time essentially um so if you don't have the time to do it I you should probably wait because i I, I don't know this to be true based on the information on the website, or I mean, I've, I've been in for one minute. <laughs> um, but I think if you don't pass the test, I don't think you can take it again. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, you should really think of it like a one-time shot, I
1: think. So it sounds like elite of the elite, both from a time and effort and energy and relationships yeah. and uh, gathering everybody together to do it. But like you
0: said- I mean, I studied for it like I took the bar exam. Wow, um, which you know gave me terrible flashbacks <laughs> while I was doing it, um, and I was younger when I took the bar exam, and I'm not younger anymore. And so, I mean, I didn't want to to not pass it <laughs> because there are a lot of people who knew I was applying, um, and that would just be really embarrassing to me. Um, but it's, I don't know how many people apply versus get accepted. I do know this particular round only one other attorney in Missouri applied with me. Oh, wow. And I don't know what happened with that yet. So I think she'll eventually get in and it'll be fine. But yeah, it's a weird process. Um, yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm glad it's over. Yes. Congrats. That's great. Among all the other things that you do, like we may, I'm sure, talk about this at some point, two kids, uh, five and seven, a husband who's uh, busy with the symphony, and so his schedule schedule's very irregular, plus you're a board member of Kids in the Middle. Lots of things we'll get to cover today, but you mentioned the bar exam and what you're doing today. So I'd like to kind of circle back to what really are you doing today and then let's also talk about how did you get there because I think it's an interesting story you know you think about all these kids who are going into college and what do you know what what are you going to study what are you going to major in you know and I feel like that was somewhat my path but for sure that was your path so I think maybe let's talk about where you're at today what does family law even mean and then let's talk about how you got here
0: um I would not say my path was linear um you know, we grew up in the same suburb, um, my parents didn't go to college, they were middle class, blue collar, none of my family members went to college. Um, I think my sister was one of the first ones, I have an older sister, and so I, my parents weren't able to guide me because they didn't know how to do any of that. So I just kind of, I mean, a lot of it was luck and circumstance and a lot of it was hard work, um, probably equal parts. And so when I went off to college, I knew I had to get a scholarship because I didn't have any money. Um, <clears throat> so my first year I went wherever somebody gave me money and uh, I i forget what the, it's Missouri State now. Uh, I went there for a year and I absolutely hated it. I mean, it's a very large university. And um, as we've talked, I'm an introvert. And so that really overwhelmed me. There were people everywhere, noise, and (laughs) I just didn't like it. Um, So I came back and uh, I applied at Fompon, which is an extremely small university. At the time, it was like Two thousand total students, I think, and that was a perfect fit for me.
1: It was like high school,
0: like our high school. It was very (laughs) much like high school. Um, So that was that was where I, I, you know, my particular major was like a psychology major, and there were just two professors that taught all the psychology and sociology classes, and so I became really close with one of my professors, and. you know, that kind of propelled me, I knew I wanted to help people. And I thought at the time, I wanted to be a therapist. That was, you know, kind of my goal in high school, like I wanted to help other teens, I wanted to work with people who were in need. And so I, after I graduated with a bachelor's, I worked as a social worker for the state of Missouri, in the foster care unit. Um, I loved it for a lot of reasons. Um, and for a lot of reasons, I figured out i was not great at it and so i thought i've got to i've got to move on and um so the next step in social work is you get a master's and i looked into washu which had a great program but it was like 70 grand and i thought of like well social workers don't make any money and then you're going to incur all this student loan debt so i thought i've got to find another path and um it that the particular social work I did, we were in court all the time because kids were removed from their parents and there was a legal process for that. So I got to meet a judge that had left an impact on me, uh, lawyers. And I thought, well, that's intriguing. And so I'll take the LSAT. And I took the LSAT. Um, I mean, I didn't do it thinking really what that meant and really what law school meant. Um, which is probably a good thing in hindsight, because if I had known all that, I'm not sure I would have taken the next step. But so I got into SLU. Um, and I, so, you know, a lot of people went straight through. I didn't. I had worked for about three years, which gave me maturity. And I think I needed that maturity. So I already, I mean, I knew right away I wanted to do family law, which is. It's a it's a loose term that kind of describes anything divorce and custody related. At the time, you know, uh, same sex marriage didn't exist, so there was a different layer of family law regarding same sex couples, um, and you know, prenups, postnups. So it kind of it's it's an umbrella that covers a lot of things, and then within the umbrella, there's just some things you can specialize in more than others, but. Um, Family law is, I think, other lawyers would describe it as the things they want to avoid. It's very high stress. It's a lot of emotions. Very, lots of conflict. Um, but it can also be. I found that it, it met the need for me to help people. I didn't want to go work for corporations and young lawyers. Lose their lives. The beginning of their career, I had already decided I wanted a life and I didn't want to work that way. And so it was a, it worked out really well for me. I clerked during law school for a firm in town that was like a boutique firm that specialized in complex family law. So I got to learn cutting edge. Things that I would not have learned if I had just kind of gone to a run-of-the-mill firm. I got to, you know, learn very complex issues, um, complicated states, um, high-net-worth couples. That, you know, what that meant in the context of family law. So you had to become an expert in a lot of different things, which I really enjoyed um, because it's, you know, you don't do the same thing at every case every day. Um, so that's exciting. And the family law also just there's a ton of litigation. You're in court very early in your career. You're doing depositions very early. And for a lawyer, I mean, a lot of the lawyers that were my peers going to big firms, I mean, they didn't do that for years.
1: Yeah, I've heard that that there's a different skill set for being an attorney, but also being a litigator, being in law. So it sounds like what you mentioned, high net worth, complex estates, law, court system etc cetera, etc cetera, you really you can't you have to be a jack of all trades not in a narrow lane
0: yes um yes a- and that's that going back to that test i just took um i mean we ha- the topics that they wanted you to be an expert in i mean they ranged from medicare to cobra to i mean you really do have to know all of those things. Think of how complex life is. And people come to you for life advice, calling it legal advice. So you have to be an expert in all of it. Um, And if you're not, you have to know how to find the information.
1: And I would imagine like Cobra, for instance, okay, if you do get divorced and one was covered on another person's employer policy, then how long can you request through the legal system to have the insurance for the spouse Soon to be ex-spouse and potentially kids, and who has to cover what? So, yeah, that's an additional layer. Well, and the
0: Affordable Care Act kind of added another wrinkle to that because before there was no—I mean, it was all anyway. Yes, (laughs) it's complicated. Um, But yeah, family law is—I'm really, and this is part of the luck part of it—that this has been something I truly enjoy, and I—it is intellectually stimulating to me, this kind of work. And um, it has it there has to be some trade offs, because it can be hard on family life. And litigation is hard in general on the attorney, it it, it, it consumes you. So um, family law happened to be a really good fit for me. And I, I lucked into that, I think.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I've met another woman who started in family law and said this wasn't for me and went into a different type of law. So what do you think? It's not for everyone, I don't think. How does it, how is it a fit for you?
0: Um, I like my client being a person rather than a corporation, a trustee, um, a <clears> trustee. <throat> You know, something that is important to me is to, I feel like I have to do something to better someone's life or just better the community. And that is the best way to do it um, other than working for a nonprofit, which I volunteer to meet that need. Um, and it, I, I think you have to have a ability to, when you come home, you have to put your phone down You have to not check your email. And if you're gonna work later, you have to set aside that time when you go on vacation. You have to say, I need one hour a day, and then I'm not going to do this. And family law has a unique way of drawing you in because everyone thinks their situation is an emergency. And sometimes it is, Um, a lot of times it isn't, but you have to be able to say, Okay, my priority right now is I'm on vacation and I'm at Disney World and I need to I need to let my office handle this, not me. There's a couple things you
1: said there that I want to circle back to later, so I'm taking some notes, but when you talked about um, you know, a lot of pivoting or nonlinear um, anything else from that path, I think you'd written some things that And actually, you did. You wrote wrote several things. Looking back, and I think back to when I look back. Of course, I should be doing what I'm doing today. I I saw it all along, but there's kind of some funny things in your history that you won some awards. uh, You were called, you know, maybe certain things that again. (laughs) I I know what you're talking about.
0: Um, Yeah, I didn't grow up wanting to be a lawyer. I, you know, I think a lot of people do that are the people who are lawyers. You know, they have uh, parents who are lawyers, family members. You know, there's a lot of um, you know familial ties with that, and that that can help you greatly in our small legal community. Oh, you're so and so's son, and uh, my niece is this judge. You know, whatever. I didn't have any of those connections, and so it never occurred to me to be a lawyer. But looking back, there were some pretty obvious signs. Um, I think what you're referring to is, <laughs> in fifth grade, I won an award by my, t- well, I don't know that won an award is really the best <laughs> way to describe it. She was giving you're out- awarded. <laughs> she gave out certificates to everyone in the class of like something unique about them. And mine was most questions asked. And at the time, I was so proud of that. Um, and now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh, God, I was that kid who just, like, didn't shut up, questioned everything. Why do we do that? And I'm sure my teacher was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh,
1: I mean, I think to our my kids, so much of school was sit in your desk, yes. put your hand down or raise yes. your hand if you want to talk. Like, don't ask questions. And I bet a well,
0: lot and of what. being a girl, yeah. you're not
1: encouraged to stand out. Right, you're kind of in this silo box as we yeah. both sit here, you know, Point well, part of it's the microphones, but we're used to yes. being smaller. Yes. Um, whereas I think in my profession, and I'm sure in your profession, asking a ton of questions signifies or helps you do what you do well because you need to get to the root of the problem or the issue or the challenge, and you have to ask a ton of questions. So yeah. um, that's another thing I'm going <laughs> to... On my list, that we need to circle back to is uh, questions and what you know, maybe what's been ingrained in us as women uh, and how that affects our professional career. But before I let you off here on this point, you did talk about doing a PowerPoint presentation um, in high school and that you were also called spirited. So I think mentioned here that becoming an, an attorney was unavoidable but for those listening uh, a powerpoint presentation in high school i don't think i can just drop it and move on from there
0: um yeah i i was uh i think described as strong-willed um by my parents i think they didn't know what to do with me in a lot of ways um i i felt very strongly that because i mean you and I were at the top of our class, and I thought, if I'm getting good grades, I'm going to college almost for free. I work, I worked all through high school, I did all the extracurricular things, and I am like a perfect child in so many ways. So as a result of that, I'm not going to have a curfew. And here are all my reasons why. And um, because I had the earliest curfew of all my friends, I know everyone feels that way, I don't know if that's true in hindsight, but I had to come well, home. what was your curfew? It was 11.30. And I also was, uh, I turned 18 earlier, so I had an earlier yeah, birthday. Yeah, November, yeah. Yeah, and so I drove first, I, you know, so I just felt I had to come home at 11.30 and all my friends could stay out till midnight. And that just in, infuriated me. And the half hour was so important. <laughs> so I did this when I turned 18. So I was a senior and I turned 18 very early. And I, I knew that that gave me power. Like that made me an adult, at least in my mind. And so I made this presentation like, look, I get straight A's. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do... I. I go to work every weekend. I pay for my car. I pay for my clothes. I am not gonna come home at 1130. How'd that go? Um, I won the argument. And I think it's because I exhausted them. (laughs) (laughs) They were just like, fine. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I had a boyfriend, I was like at his house. It's not like I was out partying. <laughs> <Exhausted>. um, but <laughs> that just was really important to me. Like, I, I've earned it. And so they were like, fine.
1: So if your kids, <laughs> however, they could come across this years and years down the road, just exhaust them. <laughs> just exhaust them. <laughs> Although you've had a lot of practice in law and in the court system, so maybe you won't be exhausted so quickly. It is a so technique
0: quick. to exhaust someone. <laughs> to wear them down and I think that's what I did in PowerPoint
1: let's I'm not going to say our ages but let's just say PowerPoint
0: back then
1: wasn't like it is today
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was newer yes it might have been new (laughs) I think I'm yes
1: it uh Um, things were archaic back then big tube computers and things again not going to say our ages or what year we graduated from high school so I think you brought up a couple of things that, again, I wrote down because I wanted to circle back to, you know, on your path, very successful. We'll, well, and we'll need to circle back to that. Maybe this is part of it, really. Very successful attorney uh, in life, you know, kids, marriage. What challenges did you face over that timeline? You talked a little bit about going back to school, but making that decision to where you are with I guess your second law firm-ish. What are some of the obstacles and challenges you had to face?
0: Um, Well, I didn't have a lot of guidance. Like I said, I didn't have family helping me or like, you know, an aunt or an uncle who was like, here's what you should, here are some classes or try this. So it was really kind of, I call it learning the hard way. I have to learn everything the hard way, it seems. And that's the best way for me to learn. And so part of that is... I had to learn to ask a lot of questions, which is ironic. Um, But, you know, when you're a woman in a professional field, um, you, I'm not saying are specifically discouraged from asking questions, but you are encouraged to be quiet and be polite and be poised. And, um, you know, there's at least this might be personal to me, but asking questions conveyed that I wasn't smart. And um, I had to get over myself to do, you know, I had to ask every question. And um, the more questions I asked and the further I got into my career, the more I realized that that was extremely important to do because I, how I process things is I process things out loud and I have to talk through it. And so doing that, I like to talk to a lot of different people to get their perspectives because I never had an example of this is what you do, this is how you do it. And so as I'm learning, I just gathered a ton of data So when I was trying to figure out, um, because I worked at that firm, they hired me out of law school, and it was an amazing place to learn and amazing place to just figure things out. And so when I was leaving that firm, I talked to basically anyone I could think of that I respected, that I um, knew would be private and would give me valuable advice And so I just talked to a ton of people, and I also was trying to decide, do I wanna go to another firm? Do I wanna leave and start my own? Which was terrifying, Um, and so I just, I gathered a lot of data, and I still today continue to gather a lot of data. You know, I don't have a partner anymore, I own the firm, and that is great in so many ways, and in many, many ways, it's lonely. I don't have anyone to walk down. I don't have a peer to go down the hall and say, what do we do here? And so data gathering for me is a necessary skill. Um, I have business coaches, legal coaches, informal coaches. Um, I have a lot of people within my field locally that I trust and that we bounce ideas off of, You know, kind of like a mastermind, if you will. I have people outside of St. Louis I do that with. I... When I'm trying to make a big decision, I, I do that a lot. And for me, that is very helpful.
1: And it sounds like we've we mentioned women. Again, you and I, both females, uh, both in high-demand, stressful careers. And so I do think there's a lot that we face that maybe others face, but there, there are some things that are specific to women. And something you mentioned there, a theme was asking for help, it seems like. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, when you're young, don't ask questions, kind of be quiet, be poised, be in your little box, don't be big and loud and obnoxious. But I think asking for help was one that always stood out to me, too, because just the idea that women, girls, you should have it all together. So don't yeah. ask for help.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in um, family law, I, there are a lot of female attorneys, just I think naturally, you um, they gravitate to that more than men, and in my particular field, there were a couple of female attorneys that their style was to be very loud and be the loudest person in the room. And I knew I didn't want to do that, and I knew that just wasn't my style. My it's not my natural tendency. And so, how do you um, how do you balance asserting yourself? getting someone to take you seriously, but also being drowned out by somebody else. And so that's a hard thing to figure out in a professional career, Um, especially when the person who's loud has got a great reputation, people respect that person. And so you think, well, okay, should I be loud too? What do I do here? And um, you just, being authentic, I think is extremely important for women. You know, it's hard to, I think, figure out in early in your career when you're a woman, what kind of professional do I want to be? Um, do I want to model myself after someone else who is successful? Do I want to try and follow a path? And now that I'm not at the beginning of my career, gratefully. Um, I've learned I'm happier when I'm authentic. And I'm not naturally the loudest one in the room. And I don't care about that anymore. And it's, it's better for me to not be that way. And uh, you know, figuring those things out for women. I don't think men spend nearly the amount of time thinking about it that women do. They don't have to.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting topic, one that I've struggled with in my 40s. Probably within the last few years, just getting to where you're talking about of intentionally or not, people telling you what you should or shouldn't be at. The, but at your core, you just have this gut yeah. feeling like, no, I, I know this is who I am. How and trying to lean into it and, and getting over yourself, I think, was one of your things. Yeah, being that authentic. I mean, well, what trying
0: th- things on. You know, trying on. How does this feel? I think that's fine. You know, you. That's part of learning and growing. Do I want to be this way? I'm going to try it out, and the answer can be no, and the answer can be yes. Um, but I've tried on lots of different things at this point, and I am—I had to learn it's okay that I don't wear a lot of makeup. And it's okay that I came from a blue-collar family. And it's okay that my parents aren't lawyers and I didn't grow up and go to a private school. And like I can still be successful and do those things. It, I don't need those things to be the person that I thought everyone needed to be to be professional. I don't need to. And in fact, I don't want to. I like my path.
1: That's a lot of... Profound things, I think, said there. How – we're in our 40s now. That we weren't going to do that. Sorry for outing you out.
0: <laughs> I, I don't mind outing myself out, but sorry for outing you.
1: <laughs> well,
0: it's a natural thing for them if we grew up together. <laughs> we should clarify the record also. When you said we played softball together – I think that's a stretch. You played softball, and I sat on the bench. Okay.
1: I don't know that that's 100% true. It's 1,000%
0: true. <laughs> true. It was like, all right, we're in the ninth, and we're winning. You can put her in right field. <laughs> I was terrible at it. You were really great. But anyway. Oh, I don't know. Uh,
1: it's something that filled the time at high school, I don't school want for people sure. to think
0: I think that I was as good as you. <laughs> and I don't think I was that good, so. I was aware. <laughs>
1: Um, (laughs) that was pretty good. Now, now I'm almost off my track, but where I was going was, you know, we're 40 something figuring this out. And I mean, I'll be honest, I really think I figured this out maybe in the last two years ish. How do we teach others earlier on to get here sooner, faster, be more Uh confident or happy and lean into your own skin and your own values? And I don't know, how do we do
0: that? I wish I had an easy answer or like a one sentence great summary that you're like, "Wow, that was profound. Um I don't have the answer to that. um again, like, I don't know any other path, and i and as I was learning a hard lesson, I remember thinking, "Why does this have to be so hard um is and, there a
1: specific hard lesson that you're thinking about or just hard lessons
0: um, in I mean, general? I, I've learned a lot of hard lessons. <laughs> hard to narrow them down. Um, I mean, personally, professionally, they've all been – it seems like there were a lot of hard lessons for me specifically to learn. Um, but – and I, I really don't like when people say, they make you a better person and you needed to go through that to be the person you are today. I don't believe that at all. Um, it happened to be my path. And I don't think that is the path. That's not the solution. Um, I think the solution is you are a unique individual and your path may be hard and some people have an easier path. But Learning who you are is probably the first step. You have to figure out where you wanna go, what you wanna be, what kind of life you wanna live, what kind of family you wanna have. And you really can't go forward until you know those answers. You can build towards it. But I didn't really find peace until I figured all that out. And it was just a, a battle until I did. That's an important part what you said, or you know,
1: Something I had thought about is finding peace. And that's not necessarily equivalent to finding out who you are, but I think that comes along with finding out who you are and ha- I don't have the courage to say, this is what works for me and this is what I'm gonna be.
0: Yeah, it, that is really hard. It's hard because I don't like telling people no. I don't like when things aren't in harmony. Um, you know, you think lawyers love conflict I don't know that that's accurate. We love intellectual stimulation, and sometimes that means proving you're right through arguing. But at home, my husband would not say I litigate him. Well, he might sometimes, but um, generally, I'm very like laid back at home. I don't want to bring that home. That's just you know I do it all day. I don't want to do it at night. Um, yeah, it's it's finding your peace is really the key, and I'm I'm. I think I'm there, finally, it's been a long road, especially the last year has been really hard. And
1: that is, are you referring to almost going back and starting your law firm again, but to what you referenced? So you left the one law firm, started your own, had a partner, split, and now you're the Jones law firm again. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I'm... I'm, I have my own shingle. <laughs> it's no one else's name on it, which um, I can't, again, say that it was my goal. I The 10 years I worked at a firm with lots of lawyers, that was a great place for me to learn and be mentored. And I had opportunities I would have never had on my own. And I'm so grateful for that. But it was time for me to move on. I had had a baby, my first child, and I came back from maternity leave, and I just it wasn't a place I wanted to be anymore. And um, you know, a a lawyer's lifestyle when you work for somebody else, it's not your own schedule for, in a lot of ways. And I was a new mom, and I wanted to work when I wanted to work that suited me best. And so I left, and I did. I had a partner. Um, and we hung out our shingle for about six years, and that was—I mean—that was an amazing learning process. Because I also don't have any family members who are entrepreneurs, um, so I didn't have any example of well, this is how you manage, and this is how you do HR, and this is how bookkeeping is handled.
1: Well, and even early on, you had somebody tell you, "Don't do it."
0: Yeah, I had You're somebody to a baby.
1: You're gonna try to do this? <laughs> yes. You want more kids, family, don't do it.
0: That I that was part of the data gathering phase of life. I was trying to decide, do I want to go out on my own or did I want to just go to a different law firm? And so I was exploring that. And I was interviewing with another lawyer. And she, I, she said, I was telling her I was thinking about going out on my own. And she said, well, do you want any more kids? And I said, yeah, I think I do. And she said, you can never do it. You'll never be able to have a family and start a law firm. That's a terrible idea. And my personality is like, oh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) which is good and bad. So I was like, I'm doing it. Uh, I knew right then, and this is another key is trust your gut. Uh, My gut was like, this is not someone I want to work for. Because it would be working for them, not with them. And I thought, this is not where I wanted. This doesn't feel right for whatever reason. I need to trust my gut, and I did. It worked out. I'm not saying trusting your gut always works out, but it sure is a really good barometer for me. So, uh, yeah. So we started a firm with a at the time. Then my baby was six months old, um, and it worked really well. I had another baby a couple of years later. And, um, being self-employed and having a baby is an interesting concept because no one pays your maternity leave. Um, so you have to plan and plan and plan and plan and it worked out and it was fine. Um, and then my partner and I split last year after six years, um, I bought her out. So I, I bought the firm, which, um, was not, the plan <laughs> to say I the can least. tell by the look
1: on your face. Um, and the-
0: it, yeah, it was uh, it was not planned. It was sudden, and um, what that resulted in is I felt this enormous responsibility to keep everyone employed um, because I bought all of the employees, the rent, the lease, the everything, and I didn't have a second stream of revenue. And so um, it just became really, how do I how do I make it happen? I had to run a lot of numbers, come up with a lot of plans. And so because it happened rapidly, I had to come up with a new name, a new logo, a new website, letterhead, in 30 days. And um, so last Christmas, I don't have a lot of memories, because <laughs> this is when it all happened. Um, but I did it. And then, uh, this, this year I have been trying to figure out the rest of the things that I needed to do. I mean, changing your name of a company is, I thought that would be the smarter move. It is very time consuming to get the IRS to recognize your name. I mean, it was just like everything had to, yeah, it was, it was starting over completely. And, um, Much like everything else in my life, if I had thought that through, I'm not sure if I would have done it. I'm glad I'm on the other side of it and I'm glad I did do it and I kept everyone employed and I met the metrics I needed to meet and that felt really good. Um, But it was this particular year was a, a sacrifice to my family I hadn't anticipated. So, one of my other takeaways, if I had to take away one thing that women need to consider is your choice of partner and that's not because i'm a divorce attorney Um, but having a partner who is going to be there to handle things when you can't and you have to be able to delegate things that maybe you do better But they're going to have to do it, and you have to be fine with it and not complain about it. And like you have to have a true partner. And um, the timing of all this, so my husband does play for the symphony, and during COVID, obviously, they couldn't have concerts because people can't go into an auditorium and listen to things when things are shut down. So my husband didn't work for a while. And so he took up the slack while I did go to work. I mean, he, was, he became our de facto stay-at-home dad, reluctantly, and um, so he started going back to work the year this happened. Ugh. And so if he, I mean, if it had been one year prior, it would have been perfect. I could go, <laughs> he was home when somebody was sick, Uh, he could handle it. And so, um, so yeah, we got back into the swing of things with him being back to work, and then me needing to start a new law firm. And then I wisely applied to the academy the same year, because I didn't have enough to do, I don't know. Um, So yeah, we've made a commitment that this year is going to be calmer. I mean, you've said, because we've talked a lot about
1: being an attorney and all the accomplishments and things that you've done there. But also, as you mentioned, a business owner. So a lot of your history and your success and somewhat of you just mentioned is I don't have a syllabus in front of me. I don't have a rubric, but I know what I want and I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be willing to pivot when I need to pivot. We'll talk about boundaries, too, because you kind of you didn't say I don't know if you said that specifically, but you mentioned that about vacations and things um, not you know, being on your phone all the time when you're at home. But that business owner piece, well, now where to pivot, right? Because I, I also want to go back to your choice of partner comics. I think that's huge, and it's been huge in my life. But that business owner piece adds a whole other layer of, especially for people who will be listening out there, they may not be an attorney, they may not be a family law attorney, but running or building a business, that's huge.
0: It's hard. Uh, one of my coaches early on said, you're not a lawyer anymore, you're a small business owner. And the more the faster you realize that, the easier this is going to go. And it's it's true. When you know this applies to a lot of professionals where, you know, doctors, lawyers, accountants, financial advisors, therapists, any anyone who wants to kind of do their own thing. You have to realize you're a small business owner. And whether you have employees or not, you still have tax obligations, uh, quarterly payments, you know, all the things that come with owning a business, large or small. And so I took the approach of I wanted to learn all the things before I hired people to do all the things, which is maybe not the best choice. Um, but I like, I, it became important to me to learn bookkeeping and accounting. At my ability to do that Um, because before I hired somebody I needed to know if I was hiring somebody who could do what I needed to do and I wanted to have some background Um, and so without learning that I felt like I couldn't delegate it Um, I don't know that I needed to learn it the extent that I did and do it that long but uh, would you
1: do it differently looking back or
0: probably yeah I would have hired somebody to do those things earlier so that I could focus on the other things. And then maybe they
1: could train you or if yeah. you had time and time popped up you could yeah. But I see your point. Like a car you know, is it the egg or the chicken, right? Do you learn it somewhat so you know who to hire or do you hire yeah. somebody? hope they're good and right they show you some things that's uh, probably a probably tough decision to make but as a business owner you got to make a decision you got to yeah, go with it right you
0: can't do all the things um and when you have a partner you can split the things which ideally is great the things you do that the partner doesn't do and you know maybe that is a great scenario but um yeah, I think l- doctors do it really well. They hire an office manager and a bookkeeper, and then they just go be doctors. And lawyers are terrible at that. Um, <laughs> Why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know, because I've asked, you know, in my data gathering, I'm like, do you have an office manager? And not many medium-sized and small firms do. They think they can't afford it. Um, but then they end up like running themselves ragged trying to not only manage a law firm, but practice law. And one of those things has to give for the other to exist. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> The sooner you learn that, the better. So I have delegated and hired out and I've I've found the balance. I need to do a better job at it this coming year, um, which I have committed to my partner. I will do. <laughs> Your partner at home, my partner at home, <laughs> who is you, the most important partner. Which you mentioned,
1: and and I actually had other women tell me that when we spoke of asking for help, building support system around you, and a lot of that is finding the partners in your life who can be there to support you. And I think I one hundred percent agree. One, two. That's been my experience. I have um, a partner who you know, he has been made fun of in the past, but will make my breakfast in the morning, make lunch. Other guys have made fun of him, but you know, he drives the kids around if need be. And it's something that we've chosen our vision together. And so I think sharing with maybe women, any age really, your choice and partner yeah. if you want to succeed at a high level is huge.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't wanna have kids until I met my husband. It was never on my radar. It was just, in fact, I actively didn't want to have kids and told everyone I knew I'm not having kids. And then I met my husband. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to have kids with him. <laughs> it's funny how all that works. Um, but I knew, I think that what drove me to say those things is I knew I couldn't do it. Having a career is important to me. And I knew that would always be important to me to have that professional life, and if I was gonna be a mom and have a family, I had to figure out a way to have both. And so the key to that, in my opinion, is a partner. And you know, I had a—I think what drove me away from it for a long time because I'm an—I'm an older mom um, that compared to my children's peers, parents. (laughs) Uh, And so I came to it a little bit later. And that I think was in large part, I saw my friends really struggle with uh, doing it all. And I was like, well, it doesn't have to be that way. You you can ask him to clean the house and you can ask him to pick the kids up. You don't have to do all those things at the sacrifice to you. Maybe, And if you do that and that's your path and that is your partnership, that's different. Um, but to me, that I knew that wouldn't work for me. Um, so I found someone who was willing to do the grocery shopping and pick kids up. And I mean, my husband took our kids to the bus stop today. Um you know, those things, for all this to work, we had to be in it together.
1: And I think you mentioned whether it's at home or in a profession, at some point you get to a level you need to delegate that you also have to give up control of. It has to be done my way or it has to be done perfectly in order. And you ha- you have to figure out, I guess, where, what sort of die on or fall on.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, just my particular profession is – talking to people with failed marriages all day long and so uh that gives me a unique perspective in my own marriage of like well this is not gonna work or resentment is gonna poison something um and i see a lot of unhappy marriages i mean i i rarely see a happy marriage um Even when we're negotiating a prenup, sometimes I can see the early signs of this is not going to go well. And so that gives me a perspective in my own life of, okay, do I really care that he puts his shoes here? (laughs) No, that's not what I want to care about. Um, I do want to care about where we're going on vacation. We'll talk through that. But I don't care where his shoes are. I don't care that he... um, you know, leaves this cup in a, the kitchen all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't care about that. But man, when I can sit back and watch him
1: be a dad to my kids yeah. and play with them and hug them and kiss them. And or, he's a
0: great dad.
1: It um, makes me think of the time my husband calls it a dad card where he could take all three kids to the grocery store.
0: Oh, yeah. Pajamas
1: mismatched. Who knows what shoes they had on <laughs> if they had them on hair. We have two girls and boy hair and whatever format. And but this almost goes back to our conversation because we he and I laugh about it that he can walk through a store and everyone, daddy's look at
0: Oh, you're babysitting. You're
1: babysitting. (laughs) And and if 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 I were to do that, right? Oh my gosh, she doesn't have her stuff together. Yeah, my
0: husband feels the same way. You know, he will because teachers only email me. The school only calls me when they're sick. And um, when I'm in court, it it infuriates me. Like, can we have two parents? Can you pick up the phone and call the other one? Now I have to step out, and um, which you know, that's part of the problem is that there, there's a perception that the mom wants to be that person, and maybe you do. Um, it doesn't work for us all the time. Every time the teacher emails us or emails me, my husband's like, "Well, I didn't get it." Um, I'm like, well, I, I I, don't know what to say. There's only a mom's group of kindergartners. Yes. Uh, you know, things like that. That must be hard when you are the equal parent to not get the recognition um but you also- I will say
1: I think my husband likes not being on those texts <laughs> in fact I think he gets mad when I'm like I add him I'm like okay I know this is all women yeah. but I'm gonna add my husband because <laughs> and we make a joke about it and they're like oh welcome we you know we love having you on this text string but yeah, yeah. that's right
0: but you know doing sharing the load as a woman and i think it's it's all tied together the perception of the woman wants to do these things as a mom but then it's also the guilt you have of not doing the things and so you know i feel it in my kid so my youngest just started school he's in kindergarten and i mentioned i'm i think the oldest mom <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't ask any questions, but I suspect I'm one of the older moms. And, you know, these moms are all going to the holiday party and uh, the room party and going on the field trip and going to do. They're there all the time. And my son will come home and say, you weren't there. You missed the Halloween parade. And um, I use that opportunity for a couple of reasons. I say, well, mommy had to work today. And it was important for me to work because I am working to help other people. And so I couldn't do that for you today. But one of the advice, an advice from another woman I got early on was, you're not gonna do all the things. You're not gonna be able to pick one thing and do that all the time and that's what they'll remember. That lawyer told me that and she said, I never miss the first day of school. I drop off, I pick up and we go and do something fun and that was my, I never missed that, I picked that. And I thought, yeah, you you can't do all the things. I'm not gonna be able to go on the field trips. I'm not gonna be at the party that is this week. Um, so I'm going to pick something else that I do. And, you know, that's an activity. My daughter is into ballet. I like to go get the ballet stuff and help her pick out the color tights and things like that. That is my thing with her. Um, My son and I build Legos. You know, you got to pick and choose your things that are meaningful and let go of the guilt that you're not there. I think
1: that's important. Actually, I'm thinking wow that's great at home so many of this transcends or moves over to business too right lose the guilt you can't be everything you can't do everything perfectly Um, you need to find great partners you need to trust your gut Uh, pick those things do them consistently be authentic about it and what i found similar to myself right that the school calls emails texts you The, if there's a birthday party invite, it comes to you. Um, If it's a dress down day or they have to wear a certain.
0: Oh my gosh, I miss the spirit days all the time. It's
1: you. So, one, the things we need to get over, right? So, let's be able to delegate. Let's, there's partners in this. As the kids get old enough, my kids now, it's on you. You're told at school multiple times, you're fifth grade and above, you manage it. The, um, I'm not going to let, I'm going to try to let the guilt go. So some of that's myself, right? Yeah. So how do we, and I think it's an evolution for women that I, I would say over the last hundred years, we've shifted so greatly from not being able to vote, not being able to work, to working, to working as you know certain roles, only a few of us, to where we're at today. It's still that evolution of how do we not judge others and yeah. ourselves, whether they're stay at home, whether they're not, whether they're business owner, whether this, 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 whether their spouse does a lot or doesn't. I don't know, there's just, there's so much little nuggets that you had in there that I think are so important. But what I really liked was pick a couple of things, do it all the time, and they'll remember those moments. Your answer to your son, what I liked there wasn't, I I have to work to put food on the table, well, or I have yeah, to do this. I didn't want
0: him to think that I was going somewhere I, I didn't want to be, and then I still chose to go there instead of being with him. I want him to see his mom has a career and she has something she built that's important to her. Not that it's not it's less important that I'm a mom to him, but he has to know that I have a life outside of him. It's hard at five. Mm-hmm. Um, my, but it's also important for me to model that for my daughter. Um, it's important for me that she see that, I play an equal role in our marriage and I have a thing that I do outside that is very important to me and I like to help other people. Um, so that, I mean, I, my mom stayed home until I was a teenager and then she had to go to work and she hated it. And, uh, I never knew my mom had a life outside of being a homemaker. Um, she went to all the parties and did all the field trips and all the things, but I don't remember her having friends and having like a girls night, any of that. And so, I I mean, it's hard to do all the things in life. It's hard to maintain your friendships, uh, have a career, be a mom, be a wife, uh, do all the thi- be volunteer in the community. I mean, the list goes on of all the hats you wear. Um, but... I want my kids to see I wear a lot of hats so that they can see like there's a lot of opportunities for life. You can be multiple things and it's okay. I have to wrestle with when I go home at night going, well, my son said I missed a field trip today and he seemed really sad. And you know i guess that's what therapy is for <laughs> if that suits you but um i've learned to let it go in a large part
1: yeah yeah it's um it, it sometimes it's just us training ourselves yeah uh, because as you mentioned before no matter career spouse not spouse how's the how the partnership works at home how it works in business there's not one that's bad or good or wrong it's you figure out what works so if if there's one family situation where somebody's one of the parents stays at home or takes a lesser intense career and that works for them great if it's a different situation is it so there's no judgment there's no comparison it's just kind of leaning into who you are what you need what you want to be what you want to i don't
0: know what gives you peace yeah um I've made peace with I'm not going to be the perfect mom and my kids are going to be disappointed. Well, and it's and that's life.
1: It's the magazine cover, right? Or you could say it's Instagram or TikTok yeah. or whatever it's out there that most of those things out there, especially for women, they aren't real. Yeah. They aren't, you know. If if there's a magazine cover,
0: they've got a makeup artist, they've got a hair stylist, they've got a. They lose their weight right after delivery, and they come out with you know blow dried hair and full makeup. That is never going to be me. Um, I'm never going to be the one that has like the homemade label on the Christmas present. I am piecing <laughs> things together the night before. <laughs> At best, five on that. <laughs> At best. <laughs> Um, and that's fine. That's okay.
1: So it's uh, finding peace, but giving ourselves some peace.
0: Yeah. And a lot of
1: what you said here, we're getting close to our end here. But you, when you talked about finding yourself, trusting, finding that peace, but also I think that goes back to core values. And you said a lot of things here th- uh, that were themes. So you wanted to help people and really want to help people, those in need. Uh, I'm similar but I found I can't be a teacher. I, I could never do that. So I found a place where I could help people that I felt needed it. In, in my skill set, you talked about a lot of hard work, intellectually stimulating, you constantly have to be challenged intellectually, um, the person relationships, so you wanted to work with somebody as a person, not a company, your career is important, trust yourself, balance. You know, I'd say maybe a tip. You said learn who you are is the first step. And I think it goes back to those core values. When you're happy, when you're humming along, what is it that you're doing at the core?
0: You're not thinking about it. Right. It's just like there are things that come natural. And the things that don't come natural are what cause friction. Those are hard. Those are the lessons you're learning at and the time.
1: Friction is doesn't seem like much yeah. early on. yeah. But over time, you know, I don't know if your back's out of alignment or something. Over time, you've just got this great pain that something yeah, has to be done.
0: it's just a burden to carry that around when it's not something that brings you joy. Um, I love cooking, but I can't do it during the week. <laughs> um, and that's just something I let go. And my kids still eat healthy and they eat Meals I buy during the week or what my husband cooks. And my kids talk about it sometimes. Like, are we having this again? Like, well, yep. (laughs) What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, To cook on the weekends? Yeah, not the week. We're giving up on the week. (laughs) I like to bake lately.
1: Ooh. um,
0: But I have a food allergy. So I'm learning to bake with a food allergy. But that is very much fun. I like that. I like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that baking that immediate uh, gratification yes and i have a sweet tooth so yeah perfect time of the year to be
1: taping this podcast well we did mention uh, we're wrapping up here and before we go i mentioned at the top of the hour and mentioned you helping people that not only are you wearing all of those hats and managing it all well because you've delegated and you've picked and you've chosen where you're going to go. But you're also on the board of Kids in the Middle. So tell us more about what is Kids in the Middle and your role there.
0: I'm on the board of directors. I've been on the board a couple of years. Kids in the Middle is a nonprofit mental health organization that works with kids going with families going through transition, whether it be divorce, separation, um, adding a step parent, whatever. And so what what they're known for, one of the greatest things they do is they have groups for kids. Um, Because when you're a kid and you go through something, you think, oh my gosh, I'm the only one, right? I'm the only one with divorced parents. I'm the only one whose parents just got two houses. And this, their age-appropriate groups that are grouped together and they have a safe place to go talk to other kids that have the same experience with therapists and they, you know, They get to explore those feelings. They do individual counseling. They do co-parenting counseling. They do a lot of things. They're starting to get into the schools where they'll have the group at school so you don't even have to go anywhere. Um, But they're a nonprofit, which means they raise money. They have grant writing. They do all those things. They, They never turn anyone away. And they will do a lot of sliding scale. I think the majority of people there get... Um, I don't know that anyone really pays quote full price for their services. It's always kind of subsidized by fundraising and grants and other things. So that organization is really near and dear to my heart. The board is so involved and they are all committed to the mission. And so, yeah, that organization is very important to me and I like supporting it and I would encourage everyone to support it too. Because I'm sure they have website, there's yeah. information
1: out there, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of that to where they yep. can find the organization, different ways to volunteer, but also yeah. attend fundraisers.
0: Yeah, the fundraisers are really, really fun. They did a thing at the Third Degree Glass Factory where they did a glass bowing thing. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a great time. And I like the people there. You do that uh,
1: before we're going to have one last thing at the end, but if someone is thinking about or having issues with family law or you said prenups or, you know, different things, how
0: do they find you everywhere? Um, I don't know that I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, you're probably
1: LinkedIn.
0: I have. You have your website. I have a website. Um, we have a, lot like, categories of blogs we give out a lot of free information on our website which um when you're researching is very helpful because i don't know that a lot of people do that um they think well you should pay for my knowledge and my advice and i don't know i don't know that i i don't agree with that um so we put a lot of information helpful information on our website under our blogs um But I'm also on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook is probably where we get most of our activity Hmm. in terms of social media for whatever reason. We've got a TikTok page. We haven't started it yet. (laughs) No videos. Um, None of the older people know how to do it uh <laughs> we need somebody young to help us but um i'm encouraged about that cuz i see a lot of growth there um i also think it's a it can be a place to be funny and human hmm. um so i don't know well f- maybe that'll be my task for 2023 so you mentioned the website a lot of information so
1: jonesfamilylawgroup.com yes And j o n e s familylawgroup.com your uh Bios out there, plus you said all the information and the different ways you can connect through email, phone number, et cetera, LinkedIn, TikTok, TikTok, stay tuned, and Facebook. Before we leave, is there anything, and I I guess I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but anything you would want to share, one last word before we sign off today?
0: I mean, whatever you're going to do, with your career, it should be something you love because you leave your little people and your family every day and you spend most of your day doing that thing. And if it's not something you love, I mean, it doesn't have to be something you're in love with, but you really have to love it to leave the other things you love. And so figure out a way to find that. I think that's
1: a great way to leave it and i thank you for coming here today and your your partner for taking your kids to the bus stop to allow you to get here uh, (laughs) as they asked, and for sharing your story and all the tidbits and information because i do think you know the more we talk about it the more we share the more somebody out there will connect and be able to find their true selves and passion and success much earlier on
0: i'm also going to leave this out there that if anyone wants to call me for advice and data and what do you think, I love mentoring. So ask me to lunch or happy hour.
1: <laughs> I've done the happy hour thing. It's been good. All I right. Like happy hour. <laughs> yeah. All right, Stephanie. Well, thank you for joining us today. And
0: uh, Thanks stay for inviting tuned. me. This has been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. This concludes another episode of the She Lift Project Podcast. To hear more episodes of the show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And to learn more about our mission of helping women reach higher levels of success, visit SheLiftProject.com and sign up to receive the latest news, ebooks, videos, and more.